Come on, let's clap unto him. Come on, let's clap unto him. Let's magnify his name. He's worthy. There's nobody like Jesus. I said there's nobody like Jesus. There's no God like our God. He's worthy. I said he's worthy to be magnified and to be exalted tonight in the house of God. He is my strength, my hope. He is my anointing. There is nobody like Jesus. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. It's, uh, it's good to see everybody out in the house of God. I'm expecting God to do great, mighty things here tonight. Sister Moore, stay with me if you don't. Oh, we're not going nowhere. I'm sorry. Such for some of you. So, it's, it's oftentimes that uh, ministers come to the pulpit and they're probably in one of about three different conditions. One is that what they're about to deliver to you, they have always believed. Or what they're about to deliver to you, God has worked on them and got them to that point or what they're about to deliver unto you that God is working on them to get them to that point Ezekiel said that, that God took and showed him a, a valley full of dry bones and said it took him up like he was flying and soaring above it and said he looked and they were vast and little keynote there that Ezekiel said was he said the bones, though they were very dry. And then the question was asked of Ezekiel by God, said, Hey, man of God, can these bones live? And we go straight to an answer. But, but I believe that there was something that went on there in Ezekiel's mind that maybe he didn't speak or maybe he did that wasn't recorded. And he said, These bones? These dry bones? Why these bones? They're very dry. They're parched. They're scattered. It's not whole skeletons. They're scattered. But then he answers. He said, God, thou knowest. Thou knowest. I'm not in the same place Ezekiel is tonight. I, I believe very strongly what I'm bringing here tonight to the house of God to you. And my desire is before that I leave here tonight, before we leave here tonight, that I convince you also of the things that I'm going to talk to you about tonight in the Holy Ghost. And I believe by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that we can, we can get there and we can, we can find help. Thank you to Pastor and Sister Moore for leadership in this church and allowing me an opportunity to be here. You know, one thing I don't, I don't do when I'm here is, man, I, I'm so thankful for my wife. When I'm out and about at other churches, I always recognize her. I don't hear, but she has been a help meet to me uh, from day one, been a strength. My family, you know, well, Braden and Savannah got married. They went with us, but now it's just Haley, and they're, they're always so committed to me when we're, wherever we go. So I thank I thank my family for their unwavering support and the work of God and the things of God because it's, uh, you know, I've said a million times, I always say it, my wife's way more spiritual than I am. And uh, I need that backing. I need that, I need that strength as I, as I persevere to do God's work. So i uh, thankful for them. If you have your Bibles tonight, would turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 4 may be the very first time I have ever open my Bible to preach from the book of Romans. But here we are. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Thank you for staying with me, Sister Moore. Romans chapter 4. I'll begin reading at verse 17, and I'm going to leave some stuff of the story out, but, but here we're talking about Abraham and fact that God had made a promise and some covenants with him of him being the father of many nations of a seed that would come from him and from Sarah. And this is where we pick up at in the 17th verse. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. 
And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded what he had promised he was also able to perform. Quickly, if we can turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. I just need these couple more verses to hang my hat on. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. 1 and 5. I know I flipped you from one end to the other. Simply says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Flip right over into the same book to Jeremiah chapter 29. One verse there, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an, an expected end. And by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm going to preach. He has no plan B. He has no plan B. Pastor, could you pray? Lord bless you in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Could you give him a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated tonight? He's worthy. He's worthy. There's nobody like Jesus. The story of Abraham is an all-familiar story. At the youngest of age, we, we learn the song, Father Abraham, and we, we hear it in our Sunday school classes that... Uh, of this story and we know how that God called Abraham and began to make promises unto him and uh, began to make great promises unto him. A man that is uh, 75 years old or thereabouts, he begins to, to tell Abraham that I'm going to call you out and you're going to be my people. You're going to be my covenant people and uh, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations and out of your seed. Uh, being singular, that out of your seed says that all nations shall be blessed. And, and if, you, if you look far enough there, you begin to see the prophetic of the, the Messiah to come forth. And, but he begins to tell Abraham, says, where you walk, that land will be yours. Wherever you sojourn, uh, that will be yours. And uh, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. And, uh, and he began to make all these glorious, glamorous promises into an old man that that set out to a country that he didn't know. And as you read through different parts of the Bible, it says that Abraham was looking for a city uh, whose builder and maker was God. And uh, he was looking and longing for something that he had never seen before. And uh, I'm sure day one out of the gate when he left out of the earth, the land of the Chaldees, that uh, he was zealous and he was passionate and he was uh, he had a glimmer in his eyes and the and the dreams and the promises were big and they were bold and they they were they were golden and they uh, in his mind that surely this would happen quickly and soon it would happen and uh, so there was no doubt and no wavering and no staggering in Abraham, but uh, it wasn't long that life begin to happen and uh, in the soldiering as he went on there he found out that hey maybe the promise is going to take a little longer uh, than I had anticipated in my mind and uh, and maybe he began to think in his mind that uh, maybe I heard wrong or, or maybe I perceived it to be a little bit different uh, in my mind than what God really meant and uh, he found himself in the middle of a famine and he goes to Egypt and we find himself in the middle of a lie 
lie. He gets caught in a lie with Pharaoh. And, and still in the back of his mind, he's thinking, God said that men were going to bless me. And I was going to have all of these great things. But life continued to happen. And, and so it was that he even one time he begins to discuss with God. Hey, I have one that's an heir in my house. Let him be the promised seed. And, Abraham, and God said, Abraham... I don't have another plan. I haven't picked another man. I haven't picked another heir. I don't have anybody else in mind to be the father of many nations. Just trust me and believe me and hold on to the promise. And so it was he continues to walk until the point it got to where God come to him and talked to him again and said, hey, Abraham, hold on. The promises are there. And so it was after a while that they begin to grow more weary to Sarah said Abraham I see the disappointment in your eye he said how about I take and I give you my handmaiden how about I give you Hagar and let's help God let's help him with the promises that you said that he made unto you and so it is we know that Ishmael is born out of the provision of the flesh not out of the will of God or the promised seed of God and so it is that God comes to visit Abraham and he said God let Ishmael be that seed that promised child and he began to tell Abraham now Abraham is becoming increasingly old no Abraham my promise is still yay and amen I still believe that you're going to be the father of many nations and now it says that Abraham as he has fell down it says that he laughs and he says within himself me being an old man and Sarah being an old lady are these things still true and God said Abraham I am faithful to you he says take these items and begin to offer them up to me and so it is that God makes a covenant with Abraham it says that he looked around when he began to promise unto Abraham and said hey I need something great to make a promise with and there was nobody greater than him or equal to him so he promised with himself Abraham I'll not lie to you you'll still be the father of many nations and life rolls on and there's no promise and I'm sure that the days were dark and Sarah began to think, I hate to see him so discouraged and so despondent. Surely God meant something different than what he said. And even when God came by to tell him about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, he thought it important enough to tell Abraham, Abraham, there's still a promise. You're still going to be a father. Sarah's still going to be a mother. She's still going to give suck from her breast. And it says that Sarah laughed in the tent and God says why did she laugh seeing I am faithful and I have made a covenant with you and Abraham probably thought well God you just don't understand we've gotten a little older now it's past the time for us anymore surely the promise is outdated it's gone by and God said Abraham let me remind you again there is no plan B there's not an alternate there's not another man that I called on to be the father of many nations. There's nobody else that I'm looking to to bring forth the seed that will bring forth the Messiah. Abraham, I'm not looking for anybody else. I know the promise is dimmed in your eye. I know the dream has grown weary. But listen to me, Abraham. You're going to have a son. And so it was that a son come forth and Abraham began to realize, you know what? The promise seemed dim. The hope seemed dim. And the writer in Hebrews and in Romans began to say that Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God. And he was considered a friend of God. It did not say that he didn't grow weary. It did not say that he didn't grow tired. It did not say that some days he was discouraged. It did not say that some days he didn't know how to put one foot in front of the other. It never said that he never got weary. It never said that he began to doubt within himself. Abraham, maybe you did something wrong. Maybe you messed up. But it said he never staggered in doubt 
at the promises of God. Joseph began to dream a dream of things that would happen. An ambitious young boy, as he dreamed the dreams, and they was there, and the dreams were powerful. And as a young boy, he said, everybody must be dreaming dreams. Everybody must be having dreams. So he told his dreams, and so it was that his brothers began to be jealous and envious of him. And they began to say, hey, he's going to get all the attention. He's going to get all the glory. And all along, Joseph saying, I just dreamed a dream. I just had a vision from God. Why does it have to be like this? And then his brothers, of all people, they forsook him and sold him into slavery. And now Joseph probably began to think, God, where is the dreams? And where is the visions? I don't even know how they could exist anymore. I don't know how they could really be real anymore. I don't know how they could come to pass anymore. But he kept on walking. And so it was. It was lie after lie. It was Potiphar's wife lying on him. It was one dungeon after the pit. One jail cell after another. And Joseph said, the dreams are gone. They have vanished. And all along, God's in the back saying, Joseph is going according to plan. You're right on track. I still don't have another plan. I don't have another alternate plan to save Israel. There's not going to be another savior for Israel in the famine. I know you can't hardly believe anymore, Joseph. I know it's hard to see. I know you can't understand why they turned their back on you and gave you away. I know it's hard. But Joseph, you're still the man. You're still the one. And Joseph probably thinking in his mind, it can never be like God thought it would be. It can never be like I hoped it would be. It can never be like I had dreamed it would be. It can never be the things that I wanted it to be. But when that day come and he seen his brethren, he began to say, God, you were in control all the time. Though it hurt when they threw me away. Though it hurt when my brethren forsake me. Though it hurt when they lied on me and pushed me to the side and told me I was a proud nobody. It hurt. But God, you were still in control. You were still on the throne. And God said, Joseph, there was never another plan. There was never another man. It was never going to be Levi. It was never going to be Judah. It was never going to be Simeon. It was always going to be you, Joseph. Jonah, go to Nineveh. No, I won't go to Nineveh, God. Matter of fact, I'll run and I'll rebel and I'll lie and I'll go as even far as to commit suicide. That's what he was doing when he told him to throw him overboard. I would rather die than to go to Nineveh. But no sooner than he got to the shore and the whale spit him out, there was God. Hey, Jonah. Hey, boy. I still got a revival for you. I still got a work. I still got a dream. There's never been another plan for Nineveh. There never was another man. There never was another gospel than what I have for you. You would think that God would have given up on him. You would have thought that after all of the mishap, that God wouldn't be waiting. But God's right there. Come on, fish. Come on. Bring my boy. Bring my boy. I've got to work. He had a bad attitude. God said, boy, i got a revival for you. They're not going to listen to anybody else. They're not going to hear anybody else. It's just you, Jonah. Jesus began to pick the motley crew of 12. He began to pick them one by one. He handpicked them. He picked Simon and Peter. He knew his character before he picked him. He said, come, leave your nets behind for good, forever. And I'm going to make you a fisherman of men. He says, and I'm going to show you things that you've never seen before and that no man's ever seen. I'm going to tell you things that nobody's ever heard. You're going to witness things and be a part of things that nobody will ever see again. I'm going to take you to the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter. I'm going to take you to secret places. I'm going to take you to deep places in me. 
Peter, I'm going to show you miracles and signs and wonders. You're going to see the leper's bodies healed. You're going to see the blinded eyes open. You're going to see the dead raised again. You're going to see the water turned into wine. You're going to see the raging sea. You're going to see it calmed at the very mention of my voice. And Peter, you're going to see all these things. And for three and a half years, God mentored him poured himself into him, told him things and secrets that nobody else knew. And he told him, it says, Peter, it says, it's upon this rock I will build my church. It was Peter that had the understanding that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was Peter that had a good understanding of all the things that was there. And you would think that Peter would have it all together because Jesus had so much confidence and so much faith in him. But the night hasn't gotten dark yet and there's attempted murder by Peter he didn't mean to cut Malchus's ear off he meant to kill him it's attempted murder and the night's not very deep and Peter has now find himself denying the man that he loves more than anything denying him and saying I never knew him I never been a part of his miracles and his signs and his wonders he finds himself cursing and saying I never knew the man I never wanted to be a part of it before and then all of a sudden he finds himself running scared and terrified just out of sorts and he begins to think to himself there will never be no hope for me God will never use me Jesus will never come back to me again he has no hope in me anymore I'm just used up I'm thrown away I can't be anything and he, now he departs Jesus has, has died and now it says that he's rumored that he's resurrected they don't know but we find Peter has turned his back and now he's went back to the fishing boats he says I don't want no part of that anymore the shame is too much the regret is too much the hurt is too much to be a part of the gospel but we find that no sooner than they come close to land that there's a man on the shore and they recognize him as the man Jesus and he begins to say Peter I still got something for you to do. Peter, come with me. Come here. Let me talk to you. There's not an alternate plan. I still don't have another evangelist for the day of Pentecost. I don't have anyone else to give the keys to. Peter, it's you that has to go to Samaria. Peter, it's you that has to go to Cornelius' house. And Peter began to think, oh, surely it can't be. But Jesus said no. Oh, there never was another man. There never wasn't another evangelist. There never was anybody else that I would pick. Sister Moore's coming back to the music. There's never been an option B or an alternate for your life. There's never been, an, there's never been another person to dream your dreams. If you don't dream your dreams, nobody will dream your dreams. There'll never be another visionary for your visions. There'll never be another person to walk in your anointing. Brother Ferguson, you backslide and walk away. Somebody else will go to Africa, but they won't live your passion. They won't live your dream, and they won't fulfill your anointing. Well, what will happen with it? It'll die with your death. It'll die with that. But the burden that God put on the inside of you, the passion, the zeal, the burning on the inside, there's nobody else to live it. There's nobody else that will have it. There's nobody else can live the dream but you. There's no plan B. Nobody else is going to burn like you burn. I know it's not as bright as it used to be. I know the dreams have vanished and tarnished. And I know the promises, they don't seem as real as they used to be. It's been a while. And it has a way of subduing the passion and subduing the fire. When it's not as new and it's not as bright. And even sometimes when you hurt in the house of your friends or a brother forsakes you or someone turns their back on you or somebody becomes jealous or somebody becomes envious or somebody this, you just recall back away from it. But there's nobody else to dream the dreams. 
There's nobody else to see the visions. There's nobody else to have your revival. There's nobody else to tell your testimony. There's not another plan. There's not another alternate. There's not another person to to live your testimony. To be your witness, there's not somebody else. Nobody else. He don't have another plan. You can hide somewhere and say, God, not me. I've messed up. I've done too much. I've been too far. You can never use me anymore. I've been too hurt, too broken, too thrown away. But you'll find yourself one day on the shore. And there'll be a man there saying, I'm still needing you. I'm still longing for you. Before you was formed in your mother's womb, I had plans for you. I knew you. My thoughts for you, they're good. And they're pleasant. And they're for you to do great and mighty things. Everybody stand tonight in the house of God. There is no plan B for who you are. If I've ever known that I had a message for this church, it's this one for this night. You can become shipwrecked with discouragement. You can become shipwrecked with being dismayed and full of despair and despondency. And you can think within yourself, I'll never be what God intended me to be. I'll never be what I thought I would be in God. I'll never make it to that plateau. I'll never make it to that ministry. I'll never make it to that place. I'll never get there. I'll never walk there. I'll never get to that secret place, to that hiding place. There's been too much happened. Too many things have gone wrong. Too many things have not went the way that I thought they ought to go. Things didn't line up. The pieces didn't fall into place. Things got all messed up and distorted. And I can't figure it out. But let me tell you something. In the midst of all of that stuff Peter I still got to work for you I still have assigned you with the keys it is still you that has to preach the message on the day of Pentecost let's pray Jesus we love you help us to let our shields down Help us to lay down the things that we're hoarding and the things that are preventing the anointing of God from flowing into our hearts and to our minds. God, as you begin to touch every mind and every heart, I begin to pour in the salve, the ointment. God, as you reach into the apothecary tonight for that sweet savor, that sweet smell. And you began to take and to touch hearts and lives tonight, Jesus. God, that we realize tonight that we're vessels of yours. That we are the apple of your eye, God. That there's none that can fill it besides us. God, that you would begin to take and destroy the yoke. That's upon the hearts and the minds of your people. I bind the very spirit of oppression and depression tonight that is running rapid in this congregation. The spirit of despair. I bind it in the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus. Pleading the blood of Jesus upon every situation and every circumstance. God, and causing each and every one of us to walk in the anointing wherewith we are called. God, to walk into the anointing and walk into the situations and the circumstances, God, that you would have us to walk into tonight. Help us to realize tonight that the dreams are not dead. That the fire is not out. That we can still burn bright. That we can still burn as that candle, as that lighthouse. That we would realize, Jesus, that in you we are everything. That in you, Jesus, we can do all things. That in you, Jesus, we can be made overcomers. That in you, Jesus, we can. God, begin to help people to realize tonight their importance in the kingdom of God. That they're not just a nobody. 
but there's somebody in you that there's somebody in the anointing that there's somebody in your calling that there's somebody in your dreams that there's somebody in your visions that there's somebody what you've called them to do come on Holy Ghost Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I bind you, Satan. Satan, you're a liar. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind every lying demonic force of hell. I bind it in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Calvary. I bind every lying spirit that comes to discourage and to tear down. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I give authority tonight to your people, God, to walk in the Holy Ghost. God, help them tonight to have the authority to walk in the Holy Ghost, to walk in the anointing that you've given them, to walk where you've called them, God. Help them tonight to walk, God, in the passion, in the burning, in the zeal, in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Right now, Jesus, help. Break every chain. Break every shackle upon every mind. God, I bind the disparity. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I lose victory tonight in the house of God. In the name of Jesus. By the power of your word. And the authority of the Holy Ghost. God, I lose it. I lose your authority tonight. I lose your anointing tonight, God. Let it be so tonight in the house of God. Come on. They're going to begin to sing. They're going to begin to sing. Hey, let's let the Holy Ghost move. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost move tonight in the house of God. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost move. It can't just be another service. You can't let the dreams dry up and die. You can't let them dry up and die. There's people counting on you. There's souls. There's friends. There's relatives that are counting on you. What about your babies? What about your husband? What about your wife? If you throw in the dreams, if you throw in the towel, where will they be? Where will they be without your dreams and without your hope and without your passion? What about the ones that are depending on you? What about the ones that are depending on you to see them through? What about the ones that says, hey, I'm following you. I'm following you. I've got to see where you're going. Come on. Come on, let's walk in the Holy Ghost tonight. In the name of Jesus. There is power. Come on. In the name of Keep dreaming the dream. Keep seeing the vision. Keep letting the fire burn. Come on. He needs you. Jesus needs you. Brother Ford, it's not just that we need him. He needs us. He needs us. He needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your voice. He needs your passion. Come on. Come on. Burn, baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. To break every chain. Come on. Break every chain. Let the dream come alive. Joseph, the dream's on track. Joseph, the dream's on track. Don't leave here tonight with your vision's dead. Break 
Come on. He's depending on you. God's depending on you. He's depending on you. There's a world that's depending on you.
chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, somebody needs to call that name right now. You're struggling in your mind and your spirit. You're struggling against the things that have you bound. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. Have faith in that name tonight and call on that name because there's power in the name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, but there's none other name. Come on. you got to call that name and believe that he's going to deliver you and make you free tonight. Come on. He will break the bonds and destroy the yoke if you'll let him tonight. And you can be free. You can be free. Come on, you can be free tonight. He don't have a plan B. He don't have a plan B. It's all in him. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Chain, break every 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 chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it. There is power. You need to speak that name tonight. Come on, you need to speak that name tonight. If you'll call on him, break every chain, break every chain. He's here to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus.
every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. You got to be willing to drag your demons to the feet of Jesus. You got to be willing. You got to want to be made alive. You got to want to be made free. You got to get sick and tired of where you are. And quit letting the enemy knock you in the head and knock you over the head and make you feel like you're nobody or nothing. But you got to come to him and let him fix all the wrongs. Come on, he's a fixer tonight. He's a fixer tonight. I hear those chains falling. I hear the chains falling. I hear the chains falling. I hear the chains falling.
every chain, break every chain, break every chain. and his brother Barry preached this tonight it's just like maybe and I'm going to give the credit to the Holy Ghost and I don't mean to do that in a way that makes me you know what nothing I'm nothing ain't no good thing in us but the Holy Ghost anyway but uh, you know I've heard people ideas and opinions about uh, the Apostle Peter and the time of feeding the sheep the three times huh. and all of a sudden it was like the Holy Ghost just let a light come on huh. those three times represented the Jews the Samaritans and the Gentiles if, if the apostle Peter would have led to the dreams and the calling of God be counted out in him, it would have affected the Jews, it would have affected the Samaritans, which is a mixed multitude, and the Gentiles. It's everybody on the face of the earth when it's all said and done. So when you let your dreams die and you let your passions die, there's somebody going to die with it. There's somebody going to wind up lost with it. I'm telling you for no other reason, look at Nehemiah. If you don't have a passion to fight, then look around at your brothers and sisters and your sons and your daughters and your wives how do you fight for them another place he told the man he said if you can't believe it for any other reason believe it for the gospel's sake believe it for the gospel because the gospel's the only thing that's going to keep you out of hell the gospel's the only thing that's going to keep you out of the lake of fire the gospel's the only thing that's going to keep you being cast out into eternity out ever 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 feeling God or hearing his voice or feeling his presence ever again Ever again. <laughs> Praise God. Revive us, God. Revive us in Bendale, Mississippi. Revive us of a passion for souls. Revive us for a passion for revival. Revive us, hallelujah. No, it's for ourselves, but it's not only for ourselves. Our motives will be right. Our spirits will be right. It's not about us. I thought about it again tonight. I may slip out there this week sometime and just take my name off of that sign after. Because my name don't mean nothing. But I'm telling you, the only name that means anything is a Jesus. Only thing that means anything is a Holy Ghost. And the operation of the Holy Ghost. And the heartbeat of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, we need to get back and get to back to the place what seemeth good to the Holy Ghost not what seemeth good to the family what not seemeth good to this person or that person but what seemeth good to the Holy Ghost regardless of what anybody thinks about it their opinions about it we need to walk in the Holy Ghost in the counsels of God in the counsels of truth because if we all walk there there's no greater liberty there's no greater joy and no greater comfort. Thank God. Hallelujah for his word. Let it burn in our hearts. Let it burn in our spirit. Let it burn like it's never burned, God. In the lovely name of Jesus. Thank God for his word tonight. 
appreciate you, Brother Barry. Preach the word to us. Stir us up. Hallelujah. We ought to be praying. This needs to be part of your prayer. And I know it is, and probably it is. But I just want to be a reminder here tonight. That needs to be a part of our daily prayers. The men, the women, whoever that may grace this pulpit. A man that walks on this platform could be anointed mightily of God and used of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the way and the manner that God would have it to be. And if there's some up here that doesn't got any business up here, God would quicken that and help us. Hallelujah. And you take it whatever you want to. That's up to you. But if you're a true vessel, you're not worried about it. Hallelujah. If you're a true vessel and want the true hand of God, you wouldn't worry about it. You say, whatever, God, whatever's your will, whatever pleases you, whatever brings your your revival and your heartbeat, then so be it. Hallelujah, so be it. Hallelujah, that's the only way David could get anywhere. God, your, your will be done. Hallelujah, that you could be right and upright. Whatever punishment, whatever, you got to send me through. If you got to take the child, then take him. Sometimes you got to be mature enough. you got to be grown up enough in the Holy Ghost and the work of God. God, your will. Our Father's will done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will, God. It's His will to give revival. It's His will to mend and to kill. It's His will to deliver us from every power of the enemy. Every fiery dart that found its way. To mend us and to heal us. And to bring us together. That includes the families. That includes the families. God's help. God's help. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. What an awesome and mighty God we serve tonight. Caring God, a loving God. Cares about each and every one of us. God help this pastor to have that type of heart. Willingness of obedience. Amen. To do what the Lord wants us to do in this end time. To see the power of his grace and mercy in the fullness. Bendel, Mississippi. Praise God. Praise God. Love you tonight. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? Praise the Lord. Sister Bell. All right. Let's remember Sister Bell. Who else? Anyone else? Brother Chris. All right. Hallelujah. Tell on them, y'all. Tell on them. They won't confess. Tell on them. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Brother Chris, Sister Bail, anyone else? Don't want to miss no one. Thank God for these earthly birthdays. Praise God. Amen. Let's sing. right. Amen. Praise God. No greater blessings than the blessings of the Lord and the favor of God is placed upon us. His face would shine upon us. and Others could see that, amen, in our lives, the hand of God, the touch of the Lord. Anniversaries. Any anniversaries. All right. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Good to see some mission you around here. It's good to see you back with us tonight. Uh, lift up one another, encourage one another. Come back Wednesday night, expecting a great move of the Holy Ghost, a touch of God. Let's be in prayer between now and then. The hand of the Lord, the touch of God in all of our lives, strengthening us, guiding us, comforting us. Amen. Like never before. Like never before. Come back in here expecting somebody to get the Holy Ghost. Expecting people to be ministered and touched. Hallelujah. Come in here with the, uh, the passion. Hallelujah. I want to join in the push. Amen. We'll travail. I'm telling you, children can be born. Somebody's got to get involved in the pushing. I want to be a part of it. How about you? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Bless you tonight. Let's remember, let me say this. Brother Norris's brother had passed away. Kenny, Brother Kenny from the lighthouse, passed away. They're having his wake and funeral tomorrow. His wake will be from 10 to 11, funeral at 11. So I don't know, you know, just we'll let you know about it and pray for him, be with him. God would touch and minister and help them in this time of their lives. Okay? God bless you. Appreciate you.